I'm Scott Hansen with NFL Red Zone, and you are listening to the Gridiron Gentlemen. Hello and welcome to this week's Gridiron Gentlemen podcast. We are only doing one again this week, I'm afraid, but me and James are incredibly busy right now, so we managed to squirrel away like an hour, hour and a half, hopefully, uh, to talk about mm-hmm. this week's uh, upcoming plethora of amazing games that we have ahead of us. Um, yes. And then we're going to discuss them, and then we're going to go. It's that simple. Uh, James, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Um, we are getting towards the nitty-gritty of the season, and in the next four weeks, everything's going to shake out, and we're going to see who's who and what's what. It's going to be fascinating. We're getting there, and, and we, we can start talking about teams in that way as well, is what I, I've noticed, because... This week seems yeah. to have had the biggest effect on teams we think are rubbish and teams we think are good. Like mm. coming out of week 10, it definitely feels like certain teams we think are actually better than we thought because they won a game and certain teams we think yep. are actually worse than we thought because they lost a game. And the actual yes. fact is there's probably somewhere in between both of those. Mm. Looking in your direction, Packers and Eagles mostly, I think. But um <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of which, let's start there then. Thursday night football. We have the Titans visiting the Packers for what is set to be a minus four at, at Lambeau Field. Titans come into this one, one of the more consistent teams in the NFL, I think. The games they lose, they lose by small amounts. And Mike Vrabel's got this team rolling. It feels like they are at the peak of what they can possibly achieve. They're coming up against a Packers team, however, that have managed to, if a single win is to be believed, Stop the rot slightly, mm. although there are some signs of life from the Packers wide receiving core and Aaron Rodgers, which is cause for celebration, I think. Do you think the Packers can keep that rolling against the Titans, though? What do you reckon, James? Well, they're mirror images of each other. The, um, the, yeah. the Titans are the ultimate don't shoot yourself in the foot team. So yes. they're 32nd in the league in offensive yards <laughs> gained, 23rd in defensive yards allowed. In terms yeah. of raw production, they're one of the worst defenses in terms of passing yards allowed, but they're top three in yards, points, and average play versus the run. The genius of it all is the fact that they've committed nine turnovers all year. Four That's of those crazy. came in one game versus the Bills. Yeah. And they forced 14. They also have a red zone scoring percentage of 76%. My God. So when they do get there, it's going to be points, pretty much. They also have the best crucially the best third down defense in the nfl Mm. allowing a 27.9 percent conversion rate so by all conceivable crucial situational metrics for winning football the Mm. titans are the best team in the league which is bonkers you just watch a game though (laughs) yeah Yeah. and you you see it happen this is the belichickian utopia yeah this is exactly the team that bill belichick would want to have it's like you know Perfectly coached, do everything simple, all the simple things really well, and don't shoot themselves in the face. Mm. And then you've also got Jeffrey Simmons at the age of 25, sort of carrying on from last year and maturing into an upper tier D tackle. Absolutely. Tiatar as well, who's coming on as a three technique in that, in that rotation as well. So their mm. run defense is really solidified up front. And <clears> they are six and three as a team, averaging 18.6 points a game. So bonkers. Uh, they are they are the ultimate if team of efficiency and execution, and they play tough, they play rough, and Vrabel just manages games flawlessly and effortlessly. Are the Packers, they... however, yeah, 
Yeah. Anyway, you go. Fine. It feels like um, it doesn't really matter who's playing for this Titans team as well. It's just whoever's on the field seems to just do That's well. Um, and so Bud Dupree's out for this one coming into it as well. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's mm-hmm. definitely playing, which is good. There were some injury yeah. concerns there. Um, Jeffrey Simmons is questionable. Limited participation, which makes me think mm-hmm. he's probably going to play. Um, just probably being careful with mm. Thursday night game, and I, I think I think you're right. Mirror image is the perfect way of describing it. This Packers team could explode at any point and become one of the most dynamic offenses in the league. But it also feels like it's completely hindered by what looks like a relationship between the the head coach and one of the highest played quarterbacks that is strained at best. It would seem S- something's not right on this team. Yeah. And and they they managed to gut out a win um, against the Cowboys. Ironically, what felt like in one of the most Mike McCarthy ways ever, which was, "Hey, Aaron Rodgers is going to dictate how this game goes. He's going to hand the ball off a ton, mm-hmm. but then when he's going to make passing plays, these are going to be these are going to be uh, very Aaron Rodgers esque passing plays. He's yeah. pretty much going to wing it, and it's it's." It's crazy. I, I think one of the best descriptions I heard was, I think it was Mitchell Schwartz on the um, Athletic mm-hmm. Pod talking about, yeah, he does seem yeah. to get really annoyed by his head coach, but you very rarely see him not run the play that's been called in. Like, he always just yeah. seems to call that play, and then when it goes wrong, um, just blame the play calling. So, yeah. <laughs> Bonkers. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, it, 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 I think it's a bit of. I don't know. It sounds when you when you put it like that, it sounds quite pig-headed. Well, I don't like the play. It's a terrible play. Yeah. But I'll run it just to show how horrific it is. It, it, that's what it feels but like. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, hmm. it, it feels that way. Whether it is or not, we're not in that room, and we wouldn't want to be. To be brutally honest, um, <laughs> neither of us would. Um, hmm. But they did some interesting things against the Cowboys. So first things first, um, on the subject of Christian Watson, this is the first time all year that he has played um, 100% mm. of the um, offensive snaps in passing situations. He had, And um, it's the first time he's been targeted this much. So he was targeted eight times, had four catches, but a billion yards and three touchdowns. He yeah. did also, and this is um, glossed over a little bit, had two drops. Yeah. So he's not, you know, it, it's boom or bust here. But, it's not one hundred percent. He won there. with speed. He won down the field. No, it's not. And, and and he was able to be explosive in ways. You know, they they didn't match him up versus Trayvon Diggs. You know, he he won sort of crossing the field in the red zone versus Malik Hooker, and hmm. um, I think he beat uh, was it Deron Brown for the fifty-eight yarder. It was just like it was a very simple route, but he just did a quick skip step and then just got vertical and it, it, the straight line speed was what did, what did it for him mm. um but what was interesting was that they went to a very sort of run heavy approach and you referred to that so 37 of mm. 37 rushing plays 24 pass plays and i think they handed it off like 13 of their first yeah. 16 plays so it was kind of they clearly wanted to <laughs> in air quotes establish the run with a capital e and a capital run um and then sort of rely on that to sort of stick it to them in the play action game which which, which seemed to really really work and I think mm. it was a great strategy against a team where you don't want to be dropping back 40 times a game because you know Trayvon Diggs adores that and you know 
that pass rush, just being able to pin their ears back is the ideal situation for them. Mm. So the big question for these games is, it's kind of, can the pack run against the best run defense in the league? Yeah. Can the Packers O-line that's been inconsistent at best hold up in obvious passing situations? And can the Packers overcome that third down defense? Mm. And if they can't, how does a frustrated small ball Aaron Rodgers handle the game? Like, <clears throat> so I can see this being quite frustrating for them, mm. actually. And I, and, I, and I don't like the matchup for the Packers at all. Um, I also don't like the fact that they're coming to this game without Darius Smith and Eric Stokes. It feels like a mortal blow to the defense. Mm. So I can see this being a bit of a buzzsaw. Mm. Um, being a bit of a brutal. Yeah, no, I, I definitely can as well. So just looking it up, something quickly. Yeah, Packers, 26th against yards on the ground, 26th against rushing attempts, and 28th yeah. against yards per attempt. And they're going up against one of the better mm. rushing attacks in the, the league. This is the one rushing attack yep. that I think if you ask me whether actually running the ball matters for play action, most of the time I'd say no. But I think if you're the mm-hmm. Titans, it actually does because you're so good at running the ball that you really have to have the team sell into 100% stopping the run. So as a result, yeah. if if they do that, then all of a sudden, like play action becomes a tiny, a lot easier for the Titans. There is a reason yeah. they're one of the best play action teams in the league, and that is it. <clears throat> I, I I think the Titans are going to win this one as well. I don't, I don't yeah. well, I assume Spot that's where on. you're going with this one. Um, it, uh, this is exactly where I'm going with it. Yeah. So, like, it, 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 if only because it just, as you say, this is a really bad matchup for the Packers. And we shouldn't be so reactionary over one win anyway. But in the same way, yeah. we shouldn't be reactionary in the reverse here because if they, if they um, lose this one, then that doesn't mean it's the end of the world for the Packers either. So, I think they're going to lose this one. I I think it's going to be close. I'll go twenty-one seventeen mm-hmm. to the Titans. I'm going twelve seven to the Titans. Wow. Okay. And one didn't seem so quite so um, close. Now <laughs> it's going to be ugly. It's, it's going to be ugly. You're not wrong. Right. Um. This one has the potential to be a lot of fun. We have the Chicago Bears visiting the Atlanta Falcons. Chicago yeah. Bears' offense has exploded with Justin Fields being one of the most dynamic players in the league. Not the MVP, let's stress that one, but definitely one of the most exciting players in the league. And they're up against the Falcons, which on occasions has been one of the more exciting offenses in the league. Neither team yes. are very good at defending the ball, which plays into this potentially being a fun game as well. Um and it just could generally be a lot of fun with two high-powered, high-powered might be exaggerating a little bit, explosive offences going up against mm. two really poor defences. Um, I think as a neutral, I, I'd be all on board with this one. As a Bears fan, I'm kind of nervous. But yeah, what do you reckon, James? So this is going to be one of those imperfect beauty games. Yes. It's going to be absolutely thrilling, but it, 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 there's going to be bits where it's, it's a little ugly. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I guarantee you there will be fireworks. Um, so, yeah, Justin Fields really mm. appears to be settling into a particular style of quarterbacking. Mm. I don't think this is going to be the final iteration of even Me this either. year's offense, but the way he's managing to 
um, get through the last four games in particular has been very impressive. Mm. The, and they've really done a good job of minimising turnovers in the last four weeks. They've scored 124 points in the last four weeks as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, the lowest points total they've had in the last four weeks is 29. They did concede 49 that week as well, though. However, so... That, there well, that, yeah. um, yeah, and they've managed to do good. that. But they've, but they've done that in mm. the last four weeks, and they're still yet to top 200 passing yards in a game all year long. <laughs> it's bonkers. And they're doing it with a rushing attack that has accumulated 2,000 yards in nine games. This is which, hilarious. Um, is, it's 72 Dolphins territory. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we managed to skirt around that one we, we, we might continue to uh, so yeah 1,281 uh, yeah. passing yards 2,017 yeah. rushing yards um, it's jarring isn't it 32nd for passing yards first for rushing yards I know. it's, I know, uh, I know. it's I know. just bonkers it is, I as know. you say it's a 70s team you know it, it, it is it is in fact actually they compare um, statistically very closely to the 72 Dolphins who also had um about that mix of run and pass and um yeah anyway but i digress um but they had a defense um one thing i will say that is going to be a massive problem for them going forward though is that um khalil herbert mm. he's that's on the a big eye, he's deal on now yeah that's a big deal because he is he is through nine games he's second in the nfl in yards after contact mm. only to tony pollard um, on Russian runners with more than a hundred carries. Now, Montgomery's been good, but Herbert's been excellent. So yeah. Well, Herbert's been stealing snaps. Yeah. Because he's been far more explosive. Um, not quite as down to down consistent, but he he's kind of been the one that has <laughs> knocked it out of the park on more occasions. Yeah. And and that for me bothers me a little. Now, who is RB three there? Oh, uh, Ebner. Nate Ebner, I believe. I'm just going to double check oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so it could be interesting. It, it's how they respond to that and, and, and whether David Montgomery can well, respond to... I mean, realistically, this. their RB1 is their quarterback anyway. Um, yeah, there is that. Yep. He he is he's he's the guy that's going to Tristan Ebner, sorry. Yeah. Um he he's the guy that's going to be running the ball at I mean, if you're the Chicago Bears and you're understanding that this this is is not the final form of both your quarterback and this offense, and you're going up yeah. against a, a weakened secondary, this yeah. this could be the week you say, you know what we're gonna try and do? Hey, um Justin. Why don't you try throwing it 30, 30, 40 times this time around? Yeah. And the key to that is how Chase Claypool looks yeah. this week. Um, how much, you know, an expanded role for him and how that goes. Um, and, and and he and Darnell Mooney and how that mm. fits together is going to be key. Yeah. Um, and again, how that opens things for Cole Komet in the passing game as well. It's going to be absolutely crucial. Yeah. Um Komet has had five touchdowns in the last three games. He has yes. had for his whole of his Chicago Bears career up until then, which is missed only season and a half, he's had zero. Mm. Which is bonkers. There we go. Yeah. There we go. They're sort of feeling and finding their way mm. week to week with things that work. Yeah, definitely. Which is kind of what they should have been doing at OTAs, but they're doing it now. But that's yeah. fine. Um 
But yeah, so I think um, the, the key injuries this week, though, for the Bears, it's Tevin Jenkins and Jalen yeah. Johnson are both still questionable. Yeah, Jalen Johnson um, makes a massive difference on the defense in the sense that they don't look quite so awful when he's playing. Um, <laughs> they're still bad. Yeah, and and it's and, and you get the sense that even with the serviceable defense, you know, in the last four games, you'd probably be two and two. Yep, or even three and one. Yeah, I, I don't want to. So I don't want to uh, yeah. diminish. There are some highlights on this defense as well. Dominique Robinson has proven to be a decent yep. pass rusher. Uh, Jack Sanborn had an incredible game last week, uh, even in a, yeah. a losing uh, uh, effort. Jalen Johnson, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, Eddie Jackson, they've all played pretty good. I think just yeah. that the rookies, they really need to tighten up a bit on things like penalties. That seems to be a, a massive problem there. So yeah. So I, I think I think it's... Unforced I, errors. Yeah. I think yeah. you can throw some, some real star power into this defense and I think it becomes quite good. But... I mean, they're up against the Falcons' yeah. offense as well. That is pretty good at moving the ball generally. It is, and it's mm. it's surprising because if you look, if you think about them, you know, the whole offense is built off the play action game, and and what you're used to seeing in the Arthur Smith offense is explosive shot plays off a of play action ball. Yeah. Marcus Mariota this year has been terrible throwing the ball more than twenty yeah. yards downfield. He's ten of thirty-eight for three twenty-eight, two touchdowns, four picks and a 41 passer rating. But everything up to that point is yeah. very good. It's very good. He's executing at a high level. So it's kind of balancing itself out. And, you know, they're able to exploit the quarterback running game. The problem is that for whatever reason, Kyle Pitts just is not getting the touches and opportunities. And when he is targeted, it's just not working for him. Mm. He's got something like a 49% catch rate this year, which is which is just not acceptable for a player who you would expect to be dominating. Uh, Drake London's been a bright spot, but the brightest spot of all in that receiver group is um, the most efficient wide receiver in the NFL at this precise moment in time. It's his one, Olamide Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus has been very good, yeah. He has an 82% catch rate on 29 targets, and he forces a missed tackle on 18% of his receptions. He is literally the most efficient wide receiver on the Falcons mm. and probably in the NFL. Yeah. It's not so, being very exciting. What's weird about this Falcons team is that I, I think we are gradually getting to the point where they are a quarterback and a couple of offensive linemen away. Yeah. Because the wide receiving core looks pretty good. You'd maybe want to add one more name in there. Yeah. You probably can't rely on um, Cordero Patterson to be your number one back for forever. No. But it's working at the moment. And if you can keep him... If you can bring in a decent running back and have Cordero Patterson as that guy that just does a bit of everything. I think you're in a good situation. Yeah, the building blocks are there for a good offense. Um, yeah. I think some significant investment in the defense as well. In a couple of years, they, they could be a team that, that hmm. is a good team. Yeah. Yeah, I think very so interesting. Well. You say not about not, not reacting too harshly to games. There was yeah. talk after the game. Um, Arthur Smith was asked about um, whether he felt that Desmond Ridder was going to see some time and he said no I haven't thought about that at all nor should he at the moment no it's one game but it's it does make game. you wonder whether Desmond Ridder is even a serious possibility for this team uh, going into the future well I feel a bit dim because I, I thought Desmond Ridder would be the one that would play the most this year yeah me too because I didn't expect Mariota would work out at all but 
the rise of Marcus you know? Mariota has only been overshadowed by the rise of Geno Smith. So, like, yeah, if Geno Smith hadn't done what he's done this season, we'd be thinking Marcus Mariota's a good season. It's, it's been completely overshadowed in the same way that Stefan Diggs's catch was completely overshadowed by Justin Jefferson's catch in the, I, in the Bills. I know, okay. Diggs's catch was yeah. phenomenal yeah. Like, in and of itself. It was amazing. But, but I mean, so, yeah, yeah Marcus yeah. Mariota has done a pretty good job being thrown in there and, and way better than I think any of us expected. Yeah. At the same and he's time, been the best you know. version of himself because he is what he is. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, definitely. he's a limited passer with some athletic upside and he can execute a, 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 an offense that is a well-schemed offense and win you games. So, mm. so, you know, there you go. You know, Arthur Smith has got peak Mariota. Yeah. Tim and Chip Kelly have done it. <clears throat> and it's going to work out well against Chicago Bears. I think the Bears have really struggled to stop on third down mm. a lot of the time as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I've um, made my yeah. call. Are you, where are you going with? Um... I am going with the Falcons just okay. because I think the the loss of Khalil Herbert feels like a big, big deal. Mm. And I I just think that, that, that versus that defense, the Falcons can have an awful lot of luck. And in games where, you know, there's a lot of points, I, I kind of trust the more balanced offense to win out. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it will be close and it'll be fun. Hmm. Fun, fun, fun. Um, so I'm going to go Atlanta 45, Chicago 38. So this, this is fun. I'm looking at third down conversions now, right? Uh, the the Falcons okay. are ranked eighth for third down conversions, 43.2%. Really? Yeah. Good Lord. Um, and against their defense, teams are ranked 20, they're ranked 29th. Uh, so there's only three teams worse than them at stopping on stopping teams on third down. Hilariously, the Chicago Bears are ranked seventh on third down conversions with 44.4% <laughs> and 31st okay. um, at, at stopping uh, third down conversions. Um, these two teams are oh. mirror images of each other. Uh, uh, in, uh, sorry, not mirror yeah. images. They are just incredibly similar. Just it's, it's bonkers. Uh, I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm thinking I'm going to go yeah. for the Bears just because I think Justin Fields is a genuine. How he's playing, and he's playing better every week. He makes mistakes, but he holds his hand up now. Mm. He doesn't drop his head. He doesn't smash his helmet on the floor or anything. He holds his hand up and go, no. Whoa, won't do that again. That was stupid. Which is <laughs> what we want from him. So. I'm going to go for the Bears. I'm going to go 31-27 to the Chicago Bears, but could go either way on this one. I think both these teams are incredibly evenly matched. Yes. It's an exciting one. Yeah, it weirdly is. Um, I'm just looking down the slate. There's a couple of standout games, but in the early slate, not so many. Um, it, it, there's a lot of, hey, this is a good matchup because it's a battle of two bad teams. So, uh, so yeah. Um Next uh, up, we have the Carolina Panthers, Baltimore Ravens. I'm assuming PJ Walker still got the starting job for the Falcon, the Panthers. Uh, last I heard, Baker was starting. Really? I'm yeah. Just looking now, Let's have a look. Keep it. Yeah. Uh, news. Yes. Carolina Panthers to stick with P uh, P 
PJ Walker, that was a week ago. Uh, PJ mm. Walker to remain Panthers starting QB after Falcons win. Hmm. Okay. So I'm just seeing if there's anything more two days ago. Baker Mayfield. Oh, there we go. Baker Mayfield named as Carolina Panthers starting yeah. QB after against Baltimore. Okay. So things changed after three days, basically, apparently. So, um, okay. So Baker's starting against the um, Baltimore Ravens. Good luck, yeah. Baker. <laughs> uh, this Ravens okay. defense is no joke. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I think he's in for a. I think this is going to be a tough one for Baker. What do you, what do you reckon? Oh, um, I, I'm not going to dwell on the Panthers for too long. Mm. Just, just I think putting Baker in to start um, behind that offensive line with that group of players brings out the absolute worst in him. Yeah. And you know, in his desperation, he he, he desperately wants to believe in his skills and abilities and take chances, mm. and then he gets frustrated and. Set, circles the drain and you can see it being one of those games where he does get frustrated by by the defense and then it all kind of builds for him mm. he's not meant to win this game he's he, 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 this is the worst possible scenario for him to be starting and i'm surprised they did start him uh, pj um, walker's injured that, that, that i've just looked it up so yeah yeah and matt corral is nowhere near so and Sam Darnold, having to do that. Sam Darnold, I suppose. I, I, I think you would have the same group of problems hmm. with Darnold that you have with Baker, only worse. Hmm. Um, the Ravens, in and of themselves, are, are imperfect, but they are imperfect in a way that can overcome what they are going to face in terms of the Panthers' defense, hmm. which has been better. Yeah, it's been better recently, um, but it's still not a unit that is going to be able to, to handle what the Ravens can bring to. Mm. I, I, I I don't see that they they have anything that will slow down <clears throat> the rushing attack and even the very limited passing attack. And, and I think it'll be a straightforward one for the Ravens here. I, I'm not going to get too much into the weeds for this because when you've got that much disparity in talent level, there's not a lot of point. No. Um, worth mentioning that the Panthers basically won the game on the basis that they were able to run the ball better than the Falcons last week. The Baltimore Ravens are ranked second at running the ball and third against stopping yeah. the run as well. Um, that's yeah. not a winning combination I mean, they will for have, the Panthers. Yeah, they do look to have both Tuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman this yeah. week. Yeah, but I still don't think that moves the needle. No, and the only the only thing I'd say is that the the Ravens haven't been throwing the ball a ton. Um, if the Panthers can get ahead in this one then they might force the Ravens out of their comfort zone. But getting ahead when the defense is as good as it is with newly signed Roquan Smith settling in quite nicely on this defense, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, I struggle to find ways the Panthers could actually win this one, which obviously means they're probably going to end up winning it now. But, you know. Yeah, it, it, there's very few scenarios mm. you can see where it's easy to win anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Things... Yeah. It's looking up for the the the, uh, the Ravens as well. David Ajabo 
has uh, had paid practice, yeah. full practice, which is encouraging. Yeah. I don't know whether he's due to play. Just looking that one up now. But that that could be like a, a, a potential difference maker for the team if they can get him like uh, up and ready. Debut is imminent, says uh, John Harbour, 52 minutes ago, apparently. Yeah, so mixing him in with Jason Pierre-Paul, yeah. Jason Oway, yeah. Tyus uh, Bowser. That, 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 Calais that, Campbell, that, Justin Houston. Calais yeah. Campbell. It's just, that's that's quite a cocktail. Yeah. I mean, I'm going for the Ravens. I'm going to go quite. I'm going for the Ravens all the way. Yeah, I'm going to go for like 31 to 10 to the Ravens, I think. You know, Ravens as well. I think they might. I think. I think they might get Bengalized again. Um, so yeah. go forty-eight, nothing. Ouch! Yes, that's yeah. uh, not wonderful. Uh, Four hundred rushing yards. Hmm. <laughs> Next up, Cleveland Browns visit the Buffalo Bills. Oof. Um, the Bills are licking their wounds slightly in this one. Might be looking to take it out on a Cleveland Browns team. That mm. this is the last game without. Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah, he's been practicing. He's been practicing, which is, you know, something, I suppose. Um, something. Yeah. So they, they go up against the Buffalo Bills with Jaquan, Jaquan Brisker, Jacoby Brissett, even, um, yeah. who I think has been playing some reasonably good football. And I don't think he has been the be all and end all of the problem in no. Cleveland. Um, so, so I think he can hold his own, but I do think the Buffalo Bills are set to make mincemeat of this Cleveland Browns defense at the moment. And that is uh, pretty odd to think considering how much talent, how much money they spent on this defense as well. Mm. What do you reckon? Have you seen the weather forecast for this game? Yeah. Okay. So someone pointed out, so they said it's six to eight feet of snow, right? Or oh, sorry, three to five feet of snow. Yeah. It's meant to be 32 inches per yeah. weather. Which is just under three feet, right? Because yeah. three feet is 36 inches, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, because someone said, uh, you don't mean three feet, you mean three inches. Um, and, and they definitely mean three feet. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's three feet. <laughs> this is utterly bonkers, yeah. Um, so the one thing that they could have going for them then is that these games tend to come down to who can run the ball the best. And that yeah. might actually be advantage Cleveland. Yes. Mm. Yes. So so this is a great point, actually, because mm. Bills are, are not very good at running the ball between the tackles. No. They're, they're really not good at it at all. So Devin Singletary's yards after contact is stable wherever mm. he runs. You know, off tackle, A gap, B gap, whatever. It's where he first gets hit that changes mm. dramatically. So off tackle is like five and a half yards of carry. Between the tackles, it's sort of between two and a half and three yards, and it's kind of yeah. It, it, they just don't get that push. The only mitigation for that is that the Cleveland run defense is one of the worst run defenses in the league. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, and they'll be basically on ice skates. Yeah. So, so it, I don't know how it levels it out, and and whether 
but but I do take your point that the Browns do could potentially hmm. have a significant advantage here. Um, having said that, Buffalo's run defense is not horrific. No, and I, and how rarely are snow games actually played on a snowy field? Anyway, like it's it's one of those ones that it'll be cold, sure, and if it depends if it's snowing during the game. But if it's not snowing during the game, they'll just clear it. Do you remember the last time it snowed during a Bills game? Okay, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was unreal. Uh, I've never they seen lost like Cole Beasley for an afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he stood still and it was over. Um, yeah, it's a good point. That it being depends. said, I, th- I think yeah, I still kind of have faith that the Bills can probably still move the ball through the air as well, even if it does snow. Yeah, I think there's been we've had two games on the bounce where Josh Allen has looked mm. um, not not bad, but I think the interception luck has run out a little bit. And I think yeah, he, he's made some decisions that weren't great that he yeah. hasn't gotten away with. But I'm not going to hit the panic button because you know there's also there were also plays in that game last particularly last week. Where you're just like, only Josh Allen does that. I I look at it like this: Are Josh Allen's red zone interceptions a problem? Yes, they are. Is he taking unnecessary yeah. risks and trusting his arm too much? Yes, he is. Would you still rather have him than twenty nine other quarterbacks in the NFL? Yes, I would. Absolutely yeah. would. Yes, no question. Yeah. Mm. Like I don't know if they're going to be throwing the ball that much this week anyway. <laughs> no. No. Good point. No. So it, it, it is weird. And I think the weather will be a great leveler. It's it's how much you, you trust other aspects. Because while we say that, mm. because I think obviously the, the terrible Browns run defense does sort of negate some of the issues that the Bills have had running the ball, particularly between the tackles. Um, and I think the Bills run defense kind of levels out the way that the Browns have been able to run roughshod over other teams as well. And I think yeah. what it's now going to come down to is who can play with the fewest mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, three feet of snow. I kind of trust the Buffalo and Bills. Who to do get you trust? Them. Yeah. 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 And in passing situations, I, I trust the Bills to create more havoc. Yeah. Than, than that. Um, just a quick nod back to that game. Hmm. Are the Vikings playing this week? Uh, yes, they're playing the Cowboys. Okay. Hmm. Um, that game hmm. is not the greatest game of all time. No. I think it's the, what, probably the greatest game I can remember in the last 20 years. That, the last game that, that, that was that mental at the end that I can remember is hmm. the the it was the Vinny is either the Vinny Testaverde comeback against the Dolphins, yeah, or the Dan Marino fake spike game. The the other one I was thinking of was the Patriots Giant, the first Patriots Giant Super Bowl as well. Um, yes. But um, this one was just. The fact that 
it played out like a play with different acts. Mm. Like act one in itself was his own game. It was boring. It was controlled, but it was still his own game. And the Buffalo Bills were dominating. They went two touchdowns ahead. Act two was where it started going crazy, which was the, the, each of the team's top receivers trying to outdo each other in terms of catches. Um, both Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins making, uh, 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 it felt like an endless stream of mistakes, but making big mistakes at the other time, basically. And then it's like a contest. Yeah. 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 And then act three were, I, I see that as from anything from the goal line onwards. Like yeah. it, it just played out and you can remember chunks of this game so vividly. And we probably still yeah. will still in a year's time. It was just a brilliant, brilliant game. Uh, yeah um and it sounds awful to say it but like when they fumbled the snap yeah. i thought this is freaking glorious this <laughs> yeah. never happens yeah this is and, but i thought in that moment i posted on our discord is this the vikings finally shedding 60 years of bad voodoo you'd hope in so, one moment one on a kick as probably well. not yeah, yeah but probably not because it's no. still the Vikings. No, it will still go wrong for them. But at the same time, if we can get them both to a Super Bowl, then we can guarantee one of them actually wins one finally, which is just great. But that would be perfect, wouldn't it? A yeah. Bill's Vikings Super Bowl. One group of fans is finally happy because both teams have lost four. Yeah. And then they should guarantee that they're both going to make it next year and then the other group should win. But yeah. So both teams have lost four in a decade. It's bonkers, isn't it? Like, who does that? <laughs> Um, oh, actually, no. And the Broncos lost three in a decade. Yeah. Yeah. The other one was in the just, 70s. But yeah. It's just crazy, isn't it? But yeah. Let's do scores, shall we? <clears throat> Bills. I'm going Bills uh, 28 to 17. I'm going Bills 21 14. Yeah. I think that sounds sensible. Uh, next up, we have the destroyers of a perfect season, the Washington Commanders visiting a football team, uh, the Houston Texans. Um, (laughs) The Texans have moments where they look frisky in every single game. And then they descend back into being pretty damn poor. Uh, I'm 90% certain they're going to end up with a number one pick again this year. Don't see any team that's going to steal that away from them. Uh, But they're up against a commander's team that that is definitely looking more and more cohesive. Like Mm. there are elements of that game where the Eagles needed to play better. There's no question. Yeah. There's elements of that game where the calls went in favor of Washington. Yeah. At the same time, there's no denying that, that they still needed to take full advantage of that. And they managed it. Washington commanders yeah. had a pretty good game against the Eagles and, or, and <clears throat> the Eagles could probably Eagles fans could probably feel pretty hard done by. Um, but at the same time, they just, the, the fact the commanders did just take advantage of this is 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 admirable to them. I mean, I don't see, I don't want to spend too long on this one, but I don't see any way the Texans can take down the commanders, other than the football gods getting angry at the commanders winning a game. Maybe they shouldn't have won. What do you reckon, though? Um, yeah, I, I think the commanders. I think Taylor Heineke hit a rhythm in the game. I mean, he, is. he didn't throw any touchdowns, but he hit some throws where you're just like, okay, Carson Wentz doesn't do that. No, um, you know. Drop one in the bucket to Terry McLaurin. It just landed like a punt. It was beautiful. Um, and he's hitting his stride in his own inimitable, chaotic way. 
and that and that's just fine um yeah, the commander's the most better. sneaky 500 team now but they've, they've won five games um, they are and they have just enough talent in all the right places yeah. to kind of if you're having a bad day you'll lose to them yeah they are the definition of sneaky um I think they're talent poor, but consistent. Yeah, and he he looked great as well. Well, yeah, but they've also got some players at key positions that can just erupt. I think when you've got Terry McLaurin Hmm. and Curtis Samuel as well, you can do anything you want. I think Jahan Dotson is is back either this week or next as well. So that's going to be very fun. And Um, Curtis Samuel's been playing some of his best football as well this year. he absolutely has. He yeah. absolutely has. He's been consistent week to week. So, yeah, they're an interesting team. And I think they, they can easily beat bad teams. Yes. Yeah, um, me too. So, yeah, I, I do feel like this is going to be quite a straightforward one for the Texans. The Texans are now in mocks, by the way, rumoured to be, well, it's expected they will go quarterback and they will have pick one. And they are, apparently, it's CJ Stroud, who is the favourite to be, go one overall. Yeah, that makes that's that's what I've heard as well, that CJ Stroud is like the, mm. the number one favourite, uh, which is interesting. But only, only because he's tall. It's crazy, isn't it? We are going to come down to um, not my height favorite. this year, isn't it? It's who's who's your favourite? My favourite's Bryce Young by a mile. <laughs> by a mile. <sighs> I watched Bryce Young, and even last year he looked like an NFL quarterback. Like, yeah, he looked really, really good. I, I like Bryce Young, so yeah. I'm and his supporting good. cast actually is the worst supporting cast of any Alabama offense from ten <laughs> yeah. years. It's awful. Yeah, and his receivers not good. And his O line is not great. <laughs> and he's still doing it, you know. And he's brilliant. Yeah, and he's like that. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Uh, so scores wise, scores wise, uh, Washington twenty four, Texans ten. Uh, roughly the same. Commanders twenty one, Texans fourteen. Uh, nice. Next up, this could be an interesting one. We have the Philadelphia Eagles, who are just awful because they lost that game last week. Uh, they're up <laughs> yeah, against the Indianapolis Colts, who are just amazing because they basically brought a guy in off the street who is a former offensive lineman, uh, and they got him to win stop. a game, which means that they're incredible this year. Um, Just stop. These are two teams that are kind of steeped in drama, almost, in going the opposite direction. For me, if I was to give a quick review of this game, I think this is going to be a short, sharp shock for Jeff Saturday and the Colts. What do you reckon, though? Yeah, it, it, it's absolutely going to be horrific. Um, less than perfect offensive line goes up against one of the better um, defensive line rotations in the NFL. Yeah. Milk toast receiving group goes up against one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and that offense goes up against a defense that has lost Shaquille Leonard for the rest of the season. Yeah. Good night, Matilda. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll get a very different Jeff Saturday. Seems to always be angry no matter what. I kind of get it. He's he's kind of like if that was me as well. I'd I'd probably be quite angry that that people had written me off and then I actually managed to win a game. I'd probably be dropping a few I told you so's as well, but uh, I don't think he will be after this one. No, they're going to get stopped. Yeah. yeah, I think so as well. Should we just go straight to scores with this one? Yeah, please. Uh, uh, okay, Eagles uh, 41, Colts 
13. Eagles <laughs> yeah. 55, Colts 3. <laughs> Next up, we have a strangely competitive game between the number one and the number... What? The Patriots now? They must be number four, right? Sorry, it's the number two and the number four team in that division, right? Because the Bills are number three, uh... which is bonkers. The Dolphins, I'm assuming, yeah. are number one. Um, so, yeah, we've got the Jets and the Patriots. The New York Jets okay. have put together a decent team through decent drafting and sensible pickups in free agency. The biggest question mark still surrounds in a quarterback, a player they had to take a punt on mm. because at some point you need to try and get a quarterback for your offense. They're up against the New York Patriots team who uh, have similar problems. New York, in terms Patriots. Of <laughs> New York Patriots. Did I say New oh, York amazing. Patriots? New England Patriots. Yes. Oh, got very confused there, very apparently. Good. Uh, New England yes. Patriots team who are, have similar quarterback problems, except their problems stem to the fact that they have two players that are very, very similar, uh, each vying for the same position. Put each one under a cup, pull the cup up, and I don't think I'd be able to tell you which one was which. But um, it is an interesting situation. The Patriots have managed to cobble together a decent team. Their draft picks are hitting home, um, and they could probably cause the Jets some problems. What do you reckon? Mm. So, yes, they they could cause them some problems, hmm. um, and no one has quite as intimate an understanding of how to destroy the Jets' hopes and dreams. Yeah, Belichick, um, who could literally write a three hundred eighty-five page book called "I Hate the Jets" and don't <laughs> they know it. Um, <laughs> so, I think for me. That is the great leveler, and we know that Bill absolutely loves picking on quarterbacks like Zach Wilson. He, yeah. he he will absolutely just send everything at him he possibly can. Kooky wacky looks, yeah, blitzes, stunts, seen before yeah. stunts, twists, yeah. late pressure, um, and it's all about how they can avoid obvious passing situations yeah. to mitigate that, how well they can establish a running game. But the mm. most crucial and important thing for the Jets is can they absolutely dismantle the offense enough? Yeah. Because I think the Jets can probably score 17 to 24 points. Hmm. Maybe. Can they slow down the pass? I think the Jets are ca- yeah. I think the Jets are capable of dismantling the Pats in Me terms too. of offense dismantling defense dismantling offense. They are capable. Um this is gonna be incredibly close. And yeah, just like so. Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, you could put both teams under a cup and pick one. Yeah. And you could be right. Yeah. For me, I'm inclined to go with the weight of history yeah. and the fact that Bill Belichick absolutely loves destroying quarterbacks like Zach Wilson with just the defensive game plan. Um, Pat's coming off a so, bye as well, right? Yeah, they, they've got two weeks to, do, to plan for this. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if every yeah. starting defensive player is going to rush the passer at some point in this game. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, so 
I'm going to say the Patriots just, mm. just, should we say? Yeah. I, I think this is a bit of a buzzsaw game for the Jets because because I think you're right. I think if the Jets have a weakness right now, it's Zach Wilson under pressure because mm. he is not good under pressure at all in any way, shape or form. He bad. He's, he's, he's actively bad under pressure. So if the way the Jets can win this is by just relying on their run game, which is still pretty good, even without Brees Hall, um, and by making it as easy as possible for Zach Wilson, the Patriots aren't going to do that. The Patriots will spell blood in the water in this one. And I see, as you said, I think they're just going to bring so many different looks on defense that they are going to put Zach Wilson under a ton of pressure. This could be one of those... I hope I'm wrong, by the way, Josh. I want to stress that. And if I'm wrong, don't don't rub it in too much. But this could be one of those like mm-hmm. truly awful performances from Zach Wilson, where you're looking at like, and he's completed four passes for a total of 15 yards by the uh, the first half, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. And I think if you're the Jets, you have to go into this game understanding you have to win this game knowing that that's probably what's going to happen in it, which must be insanely difficult. Um, yeah, you have to limit the amount of pass attempts and obvious passing yeah. situations. Yeah. So just let's just have a really, really quick look at yeah. Zach Wilson under pressure. Yeah. So under pressure this year. So starting off with his PFF grade, and, and, and even I don't hold much stock in the grades because I don't really understand how they're put together, but his mm-hmm. his his grade under pressure on a scale of 0 to 100 is 21. Yeah. Um, he is 11 of 52, 21% yeah. completions, 158 yards, three yards per attempt, one touchdown, five picks. He is literally awful. He is awful under pressure. Yeah. The shining light of this is, though, if you actually look at um, like his raw stats, yeah when kept clean is, and this is the thing you kind of look to to the future is when he's kept clean, he's actually quite good. Yeah, he is. Yeah. It's just, he's not clean, kept clean enough. And the second he is under any pressure, it just becomes hero ball. There must be and some really ugly. He must be one of the, the, the worst quarterbacks in terms of like, the difference between the the, the the variable between him with the a clean pocket and him under pressure so, so must be one of the highest measure it, yeah well passer rating is not the purest metric yeah. because passer rating is basically how good your passing offense is as a yeah. whole really if you think about it but the the difference between passer rating when he's clean his mm. passer rating is one hundred and ten point two yeah. which is respectable actually under yeah. pressure it is six. Oh my god like six but i agree passer rating's not an exact metric but it's good for ballpark but when it's that big yeah but 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 when the gap in the two ballparks is so yeah. enormous exactly it it tells the story pretty much so yeah 6.6 6 actually sorry if we round up at seven i think <laughs> bless him uh that I mean, that's definitely swung it for me. I'm going. I'm going for a Patriots win. Win this one. Same. Um, Same. Maybe not high scoring because I think it comes down to oh, the no. fact that 
that they're, they're stopping Zach Wilson rather than necessarily rolling against actually a very good defense. This is one of those ones that doesn't really matter that the, the Jets have got one of the best cornerbacks in the league because the Patriots haven't really got a receiver that can challenge him anyway. So like, it's going to be a case of like, who's the third, fourth best receiver on the Patriots that is actually not that far off their number one receiver anyway. That like, yeah. I think that's the way this, this game's going to go. Um, and I think it's yeah. going to be maybe one to watch if you're just a Patriots fan, but I'm going to go Patriots winning 14 to 10. You will be jabbing a compass into your thigh just to feel something. If you watch this game. <laughs> it's going to be the Patriots 12, yeah. the Jets 9. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I can definitely see that. And so once again, sorry, Josh, if we're wrong, you know, can't all be right, can we? We're wrong. We're we're wrong. wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. But we're not. No. Speaking of disappointing, although we weren't really speaking of disappointing, but regardless, let's go with it. Uh, we have the LA Rams visiting the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the LA Rams are possibly one of the most disappointing teams in the league. Um, yes. Completely undone by Andrew Whitworth retiring, it feels like. Um, it, it's a slight simplification, but uh, it does does kind of feel that way. That's the, the big difference between the two teams, I suppose. Um, they kind of come into this one as well well they definitely come into this one without cooper cup as well which is a problem he's gonna be out for at least four weeks look like a pretty bad injury um meaning that their receiving core when you lose cooper cup i mean alan robinson is now their number one receiver hmm. i assume with skoronic and not much else doesn't feel like i think it's van jefferson as van well. jefferson oh there we Skoronek, go Skoronic, van jefferson yeah and alan robinson a relatively tepid run game uh, and Matt Stafford that's just mm. under constant pressure. Uh, they're up against the Saints team that actually can put together a pretty decent run on offense um, with Andy Dalton, who's set to play again in this one, even though he just seems to make a ton of mistakes. Um, for me, this is a battle of the Saints offense versus the Rams defense. And more specifically, the Saints ability to get the ball uh, to something like Alvin Kamara in this one. Yeah. That's going to make a difference because Andy Dalton's going to be under a ton of pressure. We might see oh. Chris Olave one-on-one with um, Jalen Ramsey, which I mean, I don't love Jalen Ramsey, but I think he can probably handle Chris Olave in this instance. And then on the other yeah. side, I don't think the Rams have got anything that can worry the Saints on, de- on defense. No, um, it's weird, isn't it? And we, 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 we look at where we are now time was maybe two years ago this would be considered an absolute barn burner yeah in an amazing game yeah and, and look at where we are now so um injuries tell the tale mm. i think the rams defensive line outside of aaron donald has been low-key bad yeah as well um so it is interesting and, and i think in spite of the fact that it's andy dalton staring down the barrel at aaron donald um it's kind of all he's staring down the barrel at um so you don't feel so terrible about mm. it um, so for me, yeah, you could hit the nail on the head. It's about ha- creating easy odds with people mm. like Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. Yeah, true. Yes, Taysom Hill. Um, but yeah, and also we, we saw Chris Olave last week get um, roughed up a bit and saw him not quite the same guy last week because yeah. of it. And I think yeah, that was his welcome to the NFL moment. But um I, I see it going the same way. I think the Saints are probably going to have the upper hand in this one. 
Sean McVay needs to go away at the end of the season, lick his wounds, and really have a very good think about where it goes from here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's the set. The the, the it's all. It was all one hundred percent worth it because they won a Super Bowl. There is no question about Thanks. that. Thanks. But now they actually probably need to consider what the next iteration of this offense looks like, what the next iteration of this defense looks like, where the league is going. And he needs to, Sean McVay needs to look into his crystal ball again, get the right coaches in around him and try and figure out what the next iteration of this offense looks like, what he can do, where he can trim the fat. Who is going to be there in the next three years? Like when you get to the end of those three years, who is the who is going to be the ones that are going to lead you to a potential other Super Bowl? Because currently exactly. you're looking at a talent deficiency and not much money to build around it. So you need to start again, pretty much. Um, we actively are going to avoid talking about the Saints' future mm-hmm. because if if we were to start talking about it, we'd be here for seventeen hours, and we yep. both have no answers at the end of it. And neither of us have an economics degree to figure out exactly how they're going to get themselves out of that hole eventually. So, you know. I know. I know. So, so, so yeah, both teams are kind of in a very hor- horrific, precarious place right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, I feel a certain way about this game. And Me I think too. That, um, yeah. You're going with? The Saints can do enough. Yeah. And the Rams are circling the drain somewhat. So I'm going to go Saints 27, Rams 14. Yeah, I'm going roughly the same. I'll go Saints 21, um, Rams 10. Uh, the Rams it's glorious are... time for Simon. Yeah, yeah, he's loving it at the moment because he's... The Niners are good, yeah. the Rams are terrible, and the Raiders are imploding. Yeah, the, the only issue is that the Seahawks look like they're a bit feisty as well, so that's a, yeah. that's a problem. And the Cowboys look good as yeah. well. So, um, yeah, Next up is an interesting one. We have the Detroit Lions who beat the Chicago Bears last week against a New York Giants team that seems to refuse to lose. Giants got their Texans by last week, though, and won that game fairly handily. Um, The Giants have no wide receivers, but they do have Saquon Barkley and they have Danny Jones. Danny Jones? Good. Daniel Jones. And they're both... Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. There we go. That's why I got confused. And they're both holding this offense together behind a half decent offensive line the lions are interesting i think they are they've lost six games but they've always been relatively close now they beat a chicago bears team last week that has nothing on defense there's no question there they made some interesting decisions that proved to work out in the lions favor as well but i i do wonder how the Lions can win this one. What do you reckon, James? Uh, they have to find a way mm. to stop the run. Yeah. And stop just enough of the pass. Um, I would like to um, draw you back to uh, what Justin Fields did to this defense last week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know, I, did, I didn't say it would be easy. <laughs> I didn't even say it would be possible. I just said that's what they needed to do. Absolutely. I mean, for example, what I really need to do is to win billions and billions of pounds on, on a lottery and retire to the Maldives. Not That'd be handy. Happen, yeah. 
No, I like that. So, no. Mm. Um, but the Detroit Lions will need to completely shut down Saquon Barkley in that running game um, to have a shot. And they will also need to be able to continue to score 30 mm. points per game. Um, I like the way that they can just manufacture points and yards from seemingly nowhere. Mm. Um, but they're not very efficient in doing it. They're very boom and bust. They're quite patchy. Yeah. <laughs> um, they can go whole stretches, like entire quarters without doing anything and then suddenly explode. And that's the most frustrating thing in the world for a coach and people watching at home. Um, um, and they it, are an imperfect team. Here's a fun one. They are 31st against the run, 30th yeah. for touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, and 30th for yards per rushing attempt against yards per rushing attempt. Damn. Yeah. However, Damn. they are eighth for passing yards, like them actually passing, and eighth for t- passing touchdowns as well. Hmm. Hmm. With no one. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, exactly. Really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with pretty much right. no one. And it is worth mentioning, and this is an interesting one, uh, 18th for yards and, and ninth for touchdowns. Okay, that's that. I think I'm still know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> that doesn't really change a great deal to me. You can rush on the um, the Giants' defense, though. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I, I think it, it it'd be closer than we think. But do you know what I also think hmm, what? I think Brian Dayball is the full and complete realization of what we assumed Dan Campbell would be this year. Yes. Well, I mean, Mike Vrabel is the final form of Dan Campbell, isn't he? Like if, if you grow him right, you water yeah. him at the right times and you put all the, the right plant vitamins in there, then Mike Vrabel is what you get when you have a Dan Campbell seed. <laughs> yes, but you, you have to toughen up that Dan Campbell seed and knock yeah. some of the tears and emotion out of it. Yeah. Until you create a heartless, cold, killing machine that yeah. only likes linemen. <laughs> Uh, I think that's fair. Yeah, seems to be the case. Uh, where are we going this one then, James? Uh, I'm going Giants all day long. Um, I'm going to go the Giants 21, Detroit Lions 14. Okay. I'm going to go Giants. I'm going to go the same. One score. It's always one score with the Lions. So, yeah. Yes. Okay, then. Buckle up, kids. We have a fun one. The Las Vegas Raiders reportedly unable to fire Josh McDaniels because they don't have the money to do it. They can't afford to because they keep making poor decisions with their head coaches up against a Denver Broncos team that might want to take back their decision for the quarterback they've picked up. Russell Wilson's looked pretty bad, if I'm honest. (sighs) This game might make him look like the old, the Russell Wilson of old though. What do you reckon? Uh, The AFC West is weird. And yeah, yeah. Always be weird. Okay, yeah. it's 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 the great leveler, and it's it's this horrible fucked up laboratory this year. Yeah. Um, yes. So I mean, this is basically two meth labs getting together and having a party, and it being <laughs> horrific and awful, and, and everyone's got guns out and they're shooting each other. Instead if of it all goes fun. wrong, it, there might be an explosion. Yeah, of meth and yeah. bullets. And so offense, maybe um, in this instance. Yeah. So the Raiders have just put Hunter Renfro and Darren Wallet on IR. Yep. They've also cut Jonathan Abram. Yep. And they appear to have emotionally broken Derek Carr as well. Yep. Mm. Um, they've packed up the tent for the rest of the year. Yeah. 
quite clearly. Um, and one of the most infuriating and upsetting things about the Raiders this year is they have won Josh Jacobs, hmm. but they have one of the worst rushing attacks in the NFL. Yeah. He is playing great. He he's they're one of not... he's a top five running back in the league this year. He's he's yeah, been outstanding. They're just not building their offense in the running game. They well, they're not. With the and idea. they're going to lose him next year because they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Yeah. And he's going to be highly desirable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, if we we look at them, I mean, the Raiders have five games this year, sub eighty rushing yards. Crazy. Five That's just games. crazy. They have yeah. six sub hundred rushing yards. Hmm. They do have three games where they exploded. But um, then they went back to being horrific again, um, and the the offense I feel is going to continue to be in in decline for the yeah. rest of the year. I think Derek Carr's emotional press conference was very much. I think he understood and knew what was coming. Yeah, I believe he's he, cuttable he next year. Um. Uh, in terms of like but, cash, but he's not your problem. No, he's absolutely not the problem. He's not the problem. <laughs> a, a, a dreadful and, offense is the problem. Yeah, and it's 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 a complex and difficult mm. offense to install at the best of times, and they definitely feel pressure to force feed Devontae Adams. Yeah, um, but then they move away from, from it. Yeah, because it gets a bit stale. But mm. and and admittedly, they haven't had Renfro, Waller, and Adams on the field for more than forty-three snaps this year. Yeah, but it still feels like the most consistent and best wide receiver they have at their number two spot is Mac Hollins. Yeah, he's 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 kind of consistently been there and done a decent job. Foster Moreau's looked okay at tight end as well. Um, the island yeah. of yeah. The island of Boston, great, um, <laughs> hilarious. Um, so, you know the quote from most famous, you know, hmm. meet them all on the, the, the long way back to the middle, yeah? Yeah. Well, these teams are meeting each other on the long road back to the very devil's bum hole of offense. <laughs> it's going to be awful. So, um, by, by the end of the yeah. season, it's going to be, it's going to be rough. Here's here's some some just numbers for you for in terms of the Raiders. Um, if you're rebuilding, this number is okay. They have forty five million nine hundred forty three thousand nine hundred eighty dollars in dead money this year. Oh. If, if you're rebuilding, that's absolutely fine because you understand that what you do is you buy up the contract, you pay for it as quickly as you possibly can, so that the following season you're not paying for anything. The Raiders aren't rebuilding anything. The Raiders picked up Devontae Adams. Um, and speaking of like next year, next year they can cut Derek Carr and save twenty nine million. But you don't cut him. We'll see. I don't think you do. Well, but if you're you if you've got the number yourself, two pick, what, what... maybe you do. I don't think they'll have the two, the second pick. You reckon? I think it will shake out that they will have just the right pick, that they've been awful, but not awful enough to have hope. Um, yeah. 
that's the most Raiders outcome at the moment. Uh, plus, I, I, don't, I don't know if you let Derek Carr go. Not really. Mm. Um, because it, it, he's not the problem. No, he's not. He absolutely isn't. He really isn't the problem. The problem is that they've not had their receivers all together. Yeah. The offense hasn't really clicked or gelled in any way, and they've gotten away from running the ball. And that even next um, year, they're paying yeah. Corey Littleton $9 million. Close yeah. to 10. This is just a badly run team at the moment. It, it is a poorly run team. I think also they're still paying for Gruden. Yeah. I think they pay for him for like another four years. Who, sorry? 10 million a year. I think mm. John Gruden. Yeah, 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 I they are, yeah. they're still paying for yeah, him. Yeah, they, they, so they, they, they're still paying Signed him up to a 10-year, $100 million contract. So, Which means that that decision is even worse because yeah. John Gruden is literally the reason that they can't fire their current head coach. Because they don't have the money. <laughs> because they're still paying their last head coach. In the words of, of the article, that I can't remember where it was, but they are, they are cash poor right now. Cash poor? Yeah, not cat poor. They are cash poor. And they don't have the yes. actual money. So wasn't this Vegas move meant to be about like harvesting them a ton of money that they can then spend though? Yeah, but I don't feel like they've maximized all the opportunities. No, we've been through this. Like and the, the the product on the field's just not been good enough. No. Mike Mayock and John Gruden set them back years. Yeah, they are like stories. Mike Mayock as an evaluator, yeah. but as a GM, I don't think it worked. There were stories that came out from some of the scouts, weren't they, saying that he didn't have a clue what he was doing, basically. Yeah. Which I can kind of believe. I think um, you can evaluate players as a pundit and mm. be a good pundit. Yeah. But evaluating players when you're a scout or a GM is very different. The other thing about evaluating Other players, stuff goes into it. Yeah. The other thing about evaluating players as a pundit as well is if you get it wrong... There isn't actually that many consequences for you. No. Yeah. No, there's not. Um, in Denver, the problems have not been fixed by the bye week at all. I think we're still not capitalising on what we ought to be capitalising on. Mm. Um, just having a quick look as well at the status of Jerry Judy. Yeah. He went down, didn't he, in the last one? Yeah. I think he's still questionable. Yeah. Um, so that throws a spanner in the works. Um, they still they seem to have gone away from exploiting Greg, Greg Dulkic as a mm. weapon. Um, yeah, that was I a weird one. An enormous mistake. It's an enormous mistake to do that because um, when you do target him, he produces. Mm. And I think um, they still don't have any juice. There's no cohesion. There's yeah. It, it's just still very disjointed as an offense. And Russell is not on time. He's not in rhythm and he's not being accurate. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. being said, I've yeah. taken him to win this one. I think the Raiders are just dreadful. So I think that Denver's defense gives me a, a bit more faith. So yeah, I agree. I'm kind of with you. Yeah. I think that's I'm the big with, difference in this one. Um, I think the Broncos' offense, if Russell Wilson continues to on the trajectory that he's been playing at, uh, 
probably is slightly better than the Raiders defense, but I think the Raiders offense is nowhere near as good as the Denver Broncos defense. I can see a ton of mistakes in this one. No, not close. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for the Broncos. Um, let's go 17 to 10 to the Broncos. What do you reckon? Yeah, pass rush, coverage, run defense, the whole shebang. Um, it's a, it's not going to be good for the Raiders. It's going to be really difficult. Hmm. Um, so yeah, Denver 12, Vegas 3. Nice. Um, a game with... A game with game of the week potential. We've got the Cowboys at Vikings. Cowboys will probably be smarting a little bit from the Green Bay Packers game last week. Uh, Whereas the Vikings, well, they might be a little bit tired after having a standout prove themselves performance, I thought, uh, against Mm. number one rated Buffalo Bills team. Both these teams are fun. Both these teams are probably playing better than people expected them to. Um. And this could go either way for me. I have concerns about what the Vikings can do under pressure against the Cowboys' immense amount of pressure. And that, for me, is the one weakness I can find. But what do you reckon, James? So, I like the resilience that the Vikings showed. Hmm. And, yeah, they had some luck break their way, but you still have to score. Yeah. And you still have to win in overtime. And they did that. Um, and they did come back. Um, what concerned me was that when Buffalo got pressure, Kirk sold the bed. Yeah, his second interception was just laughable. It was the most Kirk Cousins thing you'll you, you have seen. It was like an early Kirk Cousins pick. It was yeah. like, oh, it's pressure in my face. Oh, I'm gonna throw it straight to somebody. Um, he's not been great under pressure this just, year either. No, he hasn't. But um, things that were really good about the game were the fact that Dalvin Cook looked really explosive, um, looked fast as mm. well. Justin Jefferson, just the whole game was a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, what was it? Um, it was, it was calculated. I think it's football outsiders calculated that. Um, what was it? Of Justin Jefferson's targets, six of the nine target, nine, nine catches he made yeah. had a, lower than 50% probability of being caught. Bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. So the YOLO balls, you know, that plays a massive part in interception luck. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, I think, but Justin Jefferson, just, just, it was just a masterpiece of a game. Yeah. They they don't win that game without him. He absolutely took over that game. Just, yes, almost single-handedly, just completely took over it. Um, but yeah, situationally, yeah. it's probably the, one of the best catches I've ever seen. Apart from the most, it's not the most important. The most important was probably Santonio Holmes in the yeah. Super Bowl. But yeah, yeah, it's fair. Uh, where are you going with this one then? Uh, well, I need to very quickly have a look at the health of Christian Darrisaw before I tell mm. you. <laughs> this is a good point. That, that that's absolutely crucial. Um, so if he's questionable, uh, who came in and replaced him? Oh God, who was it? According to this, because they played quite yeah. well. Because he was yeah, okay. They did, yeah. The guy that replaced him was all right. Um, he just wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same. Mm. Just admittedly, he gave up a sack. He held up pretty well, given who it was. Blake Brandle. Yeah, yeah played quite well. 
he only conceded uh, two pressures, but one was obviously a sack. Yeah. Um, so two pressures on 25 snaps, which is not bad for your first performance. And, and he's not Christian Darrisaw. So if Christian Darrisaw is available for this game, that makes me feel a bit better. Mm. Um, Dallas need to um, learn from last week's game and find ways to get shots vertically downfield because the Packers forced them to yeah. play horizontally an awful lot. Yeah. Um, and they need to find a way to get Tony Pollard going. He's the most effective runner after contact in the NFL, bar none. Yeah. Um, in fact, Khalil Herbert's second, but Tony Pollard averages more than half a yard per carry after contact. So he's significantly better. Yeah, definitely. Um, I am going to stick my neck on the line. Mm-hmm. My money where my, my heart is, though. I get the sense that the Cowboys' defense might bounce back. I was thinking that. Yeah. I think that's the key in this one. Cowboys' defense is is excellent. The Vikings' defense is quite good. I almost get the feeling Josh Josh Allen might bounce back a little bit in this one as well. Josh Allen. Not Josh Allen. Good Lord. Um, God, I, I've gone completely, completely confused with uh, last week's game. Good Lord. Uh, Dak Prescott. Is he there we the, go. I want the quarterback for the New York Patriots. Yeah. The New York Patriots. I'm, I, it's been a long week already. Uh, the New York Brilliant. Patriots are my favourite team. I mean, and I've so always loved this sport. Um, I love little Timmy Brady. He's my favourite player. Um, so, um, yes. yeah, Dak Prescott. Is Tyron Smith? I, mean, I keep hearing rumblings that he's, he's either due back or he's coming back soon. Mm, yeah, but you don't want to rush him back. No. That's the problem with Tyron Smith. You rush him back and he mm. keeps getting re-injured. Yes. And Tyler Smith yeah, is doing Ty- a Tyler pretty Smith decent is job. Hanging in there. Yeah, definitely. Which um, is all you can really ask your Dallas. guard who's playing tackle to do. Lean, lean on lean yeah. on Tony Pollard a little bit more as well. Just, yeah. just a little bit more. Yeah, you don't need Zeke anymore. Um and the Cowboys injury yeah. report is a massive one as well, I think, as like, I, I want to see who's who's injured. They they were missing a ton of players from the secondary uh, last week, and that could be a massive difference maker. However, I don't know. I honestly don't know with this one. Do you have an idea? If the Vikings can run the ball, they can mm. do to the Cowboys what the Packers did to them. This is true. This is very true. If I actually have just talked myself out of it, I'm going Vikings. Um... <laughs> <laughs> were you going Cowboys before? I was, and then I thought, well, hold on. What if they do manage to sort of hand the ball off 37 times and are able mm. to do that and sustain it? Then Minnesota can win this one quite straightforwardly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I took myself out of it, Dan. Oh, why are you doing it to me as well? Because then I start thinking, okay, so, um, I mean, Dalvin Cook was a dropped screen pass away from just wrapping that up entirely very quickly. Mm. Sorry, it wasn't a screen pass, was it? It was, uh, yeah. It were... But the Vikings are also yeah. the team of destiny. They are. Um, in the interest of just disagreeing with you for one of these picks, I'm going to go for the Dallas Cowboys. I thought CD Lamb had a good game in the last one as well. I, I'm not. It was excellent. Yeah. yeah, I'm not overly concerned about what the Vikings have in the secondary compared to the Green Bay Packers as well, whose secondary I think yeah. played their best game so far this season. Uh, excluding yeah. the safeties who are still apparently not playing very well. Um, I'm going to go Cowboys. Let's go, let's go 24 to 21 to Dallas Cowboys. How about you? 
I'm going to respectfully disagree and go Minnesota Vikings 35, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys 28. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Discourse. Love it. Anyway, so um, Bengals Steelers. Oof. Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know. I thought TJ Watt coming back would make a massive difference. Um, it, it, it didn't make as much of a difference as I'd have liked. This is a pretty poor Steelers team, even with decent wide receivers. They're up against a Bengals team that are so up and down, it's impossible to tell whether they're actually any good. I have a feeling they probably are, though. What do you reckon? The quarterback's good. The wide mm. receivers are good. The running back's good. Everything else is toss a coin. Yeah. Toss a coin. Toss a coin. Yeah. Um, um, TJ Watt coming back from a torn pack. Yeah. Um, as an edge rusher, that's an injury that you don't just get properly well from in a few weeks. No. That, that, that yeah. I was amazed when he was yeah. on the field because I hadn't read anything about him coming back as well. So, yeah. Um, for me, the Bengals are going to be explosive enough and generate enough offense yeah. because the, the thing is that 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 heady cocktail of Matt Canada, yeah, oh my god, and yeah. Kenny Pickett, yeah, is is strangling Kenny Pickett, yes, and it's strangling the life out of the offense, which, um. Is has got talent there. Hmm. I look at George Pickens, I look at Pat Fryermuth, I look at Deontay Johnson, and I think to myself, that's an okay group. And then you look at Najee Harris, hmm. Derek Watt, who's a good fullback, and you look at Kenny Pickett, who has the potential to be a mid-tier quarterback, and you think to yourself, well, actually, the raw materials, this could be better, hmm. if we're honest. I think Matt Canada is probably the first person that needs to be sacked. He needs to be sacked before the season started, but yeah. It's just not working, is it? Like, it, No, it's not. There were hesitations as to whether it was going to work, and it definitely seems like, I mean, it just feels like he's not playing very well. So, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and until they do, Kenny Pickett will stay where he is. Yeah. in this very confined space, not able yeah. to do very much. Yeah, it's a bit of, a bit of a shame because I, I mean, I, even I think he's playing a little bit better than I thought he was going to. Yeah, at this yeah, point, no, absolutely. Um, but at the same time, the offense just doesn't seem to click with anyone really. So, no, no, definitely a concern. Where are you going scores wise with this one? Uh, Bengals 27, Steelers 10. Nice. Uh, Bengals 31, Steelers 14. Mm. Right, we have two more games to go. Chiefs at Chargers. Buckle up. Hi. Kansas City Chiefs continue to be an exceptional football team. <laughs> yes. Um, they are so fun to watch. Kadarius Tony. Uh, seems healthy now, I know. all of a sudden. I know. I know. And I know. of course, he came out all guns blazing on this Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, of course, he looked excellent. Chargers team, despite Justin Herbert, 
despite some of the best defensive players in the league. It's just a bit beige, really. This team needs new coaches. We're talking about Brandon Staley, who was kind of the wonderkind last week, last year, sorry. Mm. And it's just not developed into what I think we all thought it was going to. Throw in on top of that, one of the most boring offenses in the league with Joe Lombardi. Mm. It's just not very good. And they're up against the Kansas City Chiefs team that will just find fun and interesting ways to win games. Uh, I don't think this is going to go very well for the Chargers, but with Justin Herbert, you never know. What do you reckon, James? He's playing out of his... Justin Herbert is playing really well. Yeah. He's playing out of his skin. He's playing her. He's doing everything he's been asked to do. And a bit more. Yeah. And all it's doing is elevating the offense to watchable just. (laughs) Yes. Um, um, So, yeah, they just don't have the personnel to stretch the field or yards after catch, really. Um, Once the completions are made, Justin Herbert is becoming risk-averse because he is, again, like Matt Callender is doing with Kenny Pickett, He's placing Justin Herbert in this very tight, confined box yeah. with very limited sets of outcomes for certain plays, and just the receivers aren't playing very well. Mm. Keenan Allen's hamstring is a source of misery for them and for me because he's in my fantasy team, yeah. um, and I'm tempted to just drop him. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Something really needs to change very quickly with this offense if they're going to finish strong. And they do need to just get a new a new OC. This offseason needs to be all about firing the OC. Yeah. And Brand, and I think that's probably the only thing that really would save Brandon Staley's job. I'd yeah. be surprised if he wasn't on a very, very hot seat by the end of the year. I think he is. Um, because the defense isn't very good either. Mm. It's not great. It's yeah. really not good. No, I agree. So, yeah, um, the Chiefs, what they've been able to do in just, they've lost Juju Smith-Schuster for a bit. I, I believe he's still in concussion protocol. Mm. Um, but Kadarius Tony has just been stirred into that pot and he just adds this, some of the dynamism and explosion that Tyreek Hill gave them. Mm. And it was interesting the way they used him as a runner and a receiver. I think he's going to be a new toy that Andy Reid's going to want to play with. Yeah, I agree. Exciting addition. And also, Spags' defense is is kicking off. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's doing, yeah. So I I feel great. It's just about where the defense, where the pass rush comes from outside of Chris Jones. But everything Mm. else that's there is pretty darn good. Um, I think this is more one-sided than other Chiefs. Chargers games we've seen of late. Yeah, yeah. I could see a pretty easy Kansas City win. Yeah, me too. I'm going Kansas City Chiefs as well. I am going to go uh, 31 to 21 to the Chiefs. Where are you going, James? Well, I guess I know where you're going. I think but... and Andy Reid's going to put on a show. Yeah. Um, so Kansas City 44, San Diego 28. Nice. Finally, San Francisco 49ers visit the Arizona Cardinals some point this might have been considered a close game uh, i guess we'll see in this mm. one the 49ers find ways to win on offense 
whether that be their bevy of the incredibly talented receivers or the, simply the ability to game plan like one of the most varied run games in the league or whether it's mm, yes. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> uh, they seem to just be able to find different ways of winning games. The defense is outstanding and the Arizona Cardinals are probably a bit of a buzzsaw for them as well in this one. What do you reckon though? We are reaching, I believe it's game number three with Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. So we've got McCaffrey, we've got Kettle, we've got yeah. Debo, Carl Juszczyk, all healthy. Jeff Wilson Jr., he's healthy. Mm. This could be the full and final realisation of Shani's offence. Yeah. And I don't like how it's going to match up here. Um, the Cardinals are still not a, a, a product that I can bet on week to week, even with DeAndre Hopkins back in the lineup. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have James Conner back, but I don't think that moves the needle either. All mm. I can see is San Francisco demolishing that defense. Yeah. Yeah, and vice versa. The San Francisco defense demolishing the Cardinals offense as well, for that matter, while we're at it. No, absolutely. Mm. Uh, it, 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 this feels very one-sided. Yeah, agreed. It's a Monday night football game. Yeah. Um, and I think the star of the show is probably going to be Christian McCaffrey. We're now going to see exactly what that full realization of his role is. I completely agree. I think we won't get like the exotic passing game that we got from Christian McCaffrey before. We're definitely going to see him catch some stuff, and we're going to have definitely going to see him run some stuff as well. Uh, yeah, I've gone for the. the cards the sorry the Niners as well sorry what are you can say yeah just basically that Christian McCaffrey is going to be in on every single third down from here to yeah. eternity definitely uh Niners yeah. winning 34 to 21 I'm going to go Niners winning 41 28 nice that is the week 11 slate thank you for listening um this will be up with a couple of days to go I'd imagine so enjoy let us know what you think of where we predicted things let us ask us any questions we're always happy to help with that and we like answering the questions come join us on the social media on facebook it's just not that we ever use it it's just um gridiron gentleman <laughs> and on twitter it's at gridiron gentleman um and then on the twitter there is a pin tweet go to the pin tweet click on the pin tweet come join us on the discord which has been a lot of fun back next week with more games unsurprisingly james thank you for joining me Yes, and thank you for having me. No worries. Um, I think yeah. we've we've both had a combined seven hours sleep. I think in the last twenty four hours between. So us. tired, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I'm very much looking yeah. forward to bed. So uh, we're going to go ahead and do that. Um, thank you for listening, and goodbye.